This is the Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Uh. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Oh, yeah. Woo. Welcome to the Bullpen. The energy. Thursday edition of the Bullpen. I feel, I'm feeling I said I needed to feed off your energy, and I feel it already. Uh, I did that just for you. Just for you. Let's Welcome go. back. Welcome back, man. I'm yeah. I'm back, back back from saving the world. I, I understand. I'm not supposed to talk about it. Well, you don't have to talk about it. Have you ever seen? Have you seen the commercial recently about the? Uh, or I think it might be a Geico commercial where the uh, guy who works at a random office is a superhero and he gets caught changing. And they're like, "Yeah, we know." I have not. Okay, that's you though. It might be. Oh. I can't admit it, but you have to just see it in action. One can only assume. One can only. Assume. I'm a superhero. I know. Well, it was good to have you back, man. Thank good you. Good to have you back. Thank you to Johnny Rude for covering for me. And Johnny Rude did great. Always, that, always a pleasure filling in with Johnny Rude. And uh, yeah, well, probably my favorite name in the building, by the way. Johnny Rude. That is a great name. Just flows. Yes, it does. Just flows off the tongue. Sounds like a guy who should be playing, like, uh, you know, guitar for social distortion or something like that. <laughs> you know? It's a good band. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Anyways, I want to do that. So we got a lot to get to today, and uh, we're going to begin somewhere we've never begun before in uh, the bullpen, and that's on the tennis court. Uh, have we? Have we? Have we not? We've never begun we've in the talk- world. Actually, Venus you know and maybe, Serena maybe lately. We did talk about. Uh, I don't know if we started off the show. We, we may have. I don't remember, but uh, Roger Federer has announced his retirement. That's a shame. Uh, retiring from professional tennis at age forty-one years old after a series of knee operations. Uh, closing out a career in which he won an, un- an unbelievable 20 Grand Slam titles. He finished five seasons ranked number one. He helped create a golden era of men's tennis with rivals Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic. Uh, he said uh, via Twitter today or social media, he says, as many of you know, the past three years have presented me with challenges in the form of injuries and surgeries. Uh, I've, worked, I've worked hard to return to full competitive form, but also my body's uh, ca- capacities and limits. And its message to me lately has been clear. I'm 41 years old. I played more than 1,500 matches over 24 years. Whoa. He says, tennis has treated me more generously than I ever uh, would have dreamt. That's a lot of matches. Now I must recognize that it's time to end my competitive career. He's uh, tw- 20 Grand Slam titles. That's third all-time among men's players behind only Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic. Yeah, that's pretty good. younger than him. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Not bad. Says he intends to keep playing tennis, though, not uh, just not in Grand Slam or on the tour. Uh, hadn't played a competitive match since re- he reached the quarterfinals of Wimbledon last year. Uh, and announced in mid-August he'd undergone another knee surgery. Yeah, pretty bittersweet. At decision. least he gets to go out on on his terms, regardless yeah. of injuries. Put injuries aside, right. he's done enough. Right, There's, he has nothing much, nothing else to prove. You're absolutely right. He leaves 103 tour level titles on a it's just a substantial reven- resume here. Uh, 1,251 wins in singles matches, uh, both second only to Jimmy Connors in the Open era. Uh, which began in 1968. Oh, I know him. Yeah, you, no, Jimmy no, Connors. No, are you no, kidding me? You don't no, remember Jimmy Connors? No, I don't. I, Listen, man, these are the names I know. Well, on you know here. the name That's John McEnroe, right? Yes, All right. Well, yes. John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors were not pals. How about that? They're the same era. Bjorn Borg also guys weren't pals. Jimmy Connors uh, was a was a, one of the greats. One of the greats. That's great. Look, the the best highlight I can tell you from tennis is not even really involving the match itself. It's the poor kid. The poor ball kid who trips and face plants into the wall yeah. while the other guy's trying to, <laughs> trying to I don't know, what do you call it? Volley? Yeah. Set? Well, it depends on what you're talking about. So serve? Serve, yeah. Okay. So he was about to serve. <laughs> this poor kid. But you really don't know your tennis. Poor kid's running, running, you know, because he just gave him a bunch of tennis balls. Poor kid's running into the wall, and he trips over himself and <laughs> smacks right in the And it just goes, boom. 
and it like reverberates throughout the arena. And he gets and the up guys pretty quick. Like I know what you're talking about. He gets up pretty quick too. He took and, it like a champ. And, it was uh, loud. I, you know that his. We have to know the entire the entire arena is looking at you. Yeah, the kid's yeah everybody's like looking at you. Twelve years old and half his face it just went numb, and he's got to stand there and take it. Poor and he did. Do- he, man, he took it. Poor kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, growing up in Lakeway, uh, I grew up near the world of tennis, and uh, my girlfriend at the time, her name was Kate. She actually was a shout out to Kate, a, a ball girl. Yeah. Hi, Kate. <laughs> um, she, uh, she, she. I actually watched her clothesline herself. Uh, oh no! Running after tennis ball. And, I've seen uh, that, and then trip and fall into the into the net. It was great. How do you clothesline yourself on a tennis court? I don't think it was on the net necessarily. I can't remember. That was a long time ago. This I've, was, se- this I've was seen like the night. It was like ninety four or something. Yeah. Like that was a long time ago. Yeah, I've seen plenty of people get clotheslined on a volleyball net. I've been clotheslined on a volleyball net. <laughs> I've uh, I've also been spiked in the face by a, a big Samoan volleyball player when I lived down in Samoa years ago. Was and, it like a the meet the parents moment? Uh, it, it, yeah, maybe. Watch that part over the weekend. So I guess it's more like a Mike Tyson clear picture in my head. Nose kind of moment. Okay, lights. Fair. You know, like you know, you hit, you know, lights. I saw lights. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you out for? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, I woke man. up back home in in, oh, in, in was Texas. Was this 1994 though. as well? Was that just an interesting? This time was 1996. For you? Actually, okay. it was a, yeah. The 90s were an interesting time for me. Yeah, uh, you know, interesting time to get clotheslined. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, we got a big game tonight, Thursday night. Uh, could get the ball in motion. Too huge. AFC West races. AFC West battle and the MVP award. Getting the ball rolling on those races tonight. Uh, and that's because of the division rival Chargers and Chiefs set to clash at Arrowhead Stadium kickoff week two. And that means we're once again to be treated to, to quarterback royalty tonight. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes gave everybody a refresher course over the weekend of his greatness. He dismantled the Cardinals and on the road in week one. Complete shocker. Let Just, me tell you, had no idea that was coming. He looked great. And uh, he's now five for five in, in uh, week one starts. I think Kyler Murray was thinking about his next online battle on Call of Duty. Probably. Warzone. probably. Uh, Justin Herbert, pretty lethal in the Chargers. Hang on for dear life went over the Raiders as well. Uh, the Chiefs have won 13 of their last 16 games against the Chargers, including a Week 15 Thursday thriller last year at SoFi Stadium. Los Angeles, though, has taken two straight against Kansas City. Right, so you got to wonder, all right, which AFC heavyweight's going to come out on top of this one? You know, even with all the offensive firepower in the field, yeah, probably going to come down to which new and improved defense steps up the most. I would have to guess, right? Yeah, so, definitely. So you know, just kind of taking a look at things that uh, you might want to watch. Now, obviously, the, the the quarterback matchup. First and foremost, no messing around. All right, this is why you're doozy. here. Is this not why you are here? This is why we are here. Are you yeah. not entertained? Yeah. yeah. Are you not entertained? Possibly the best QB matchup of the season. I sent that gift to Beto after he said that Seahawks were going to lose by two touchdowns to the Broncos. That you're still floating on that one, aren't you? I mean, how could I not, man? You know, that was I, only I, a few I, days I, ago. I even brought you up on the show yesterday about how you were still flying high. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. We're talking about. I don't know. Seattle I was not low. Seattle that. No, you certainly were nice. Still, apparently, still not. <laughs> uh, but this this definitely uh, going to be one of the better quarterback match- matchups of the season. And uh, it's crazy how many good ones are have happened already in I the know. first couple weeks. Maybe that's a sign that this league is actually doing the right thing. And, I'm you know, hoping got, so. You know, they're promoting their players properly. I'm hoping making so. this exciting. Uh, Mahomes and Herbert won't meet again until late November. And of course, uh, Mahomes coming off his worst season in 2021. Still, the league's best QB on Sunday, though, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Uh, so. So that definitely, I think the marquee watch right there is going to be the quarterback matchup. But also, 
I, probably, like we mentioned, one of the, we're going to be one of the big defining factors of this game, which defense is going to make the bigger statement. Going back to the quarterbacks real quick, the, fo- the one thing I'm going to look for, the best from both of them, is who throws the best no-look sidearm touchdown. Yeah. Because I don't know I don't know if you saw Lamar Jackson do that. He he the uh, he kind of he kind of moved his eyes off the defend uh, the defender away, and then was still looking at him as he just threw to his left nice. and wide open. Nice. It was crazy. Yeah. And I know Mahomes is really good at that too. So I would probably give it to him on that. You know, between Maybe. the two, we don't know. We don't know a lot about Justin Herbert. We don't. I mean, well, we, we know we know a little bit. I mean, this is the first time the two have met. Mahomes leads their battle two two you know two one. Uh, and each of those games that they've that they've played against each, uh, each other decided I, uh, six points or fewer. They all came down to the yeah. final play of the game. I'm hoping for the same. Neither has played poorly against one another, although Mahomes' two interceptions uh, in the loss at Arrowhead Stadium last year did prove costly still. But, I mean, really can't ask for better head-to-head battles than this. I mean, definitely I love one of the best. Uh, also, though, you know, as I mentioned there, defense, which is going to make a bigger statement. Right? Chargers played without their prized uh, free agent signee uh, J.C. Jackson in week one. But their other big addition was pretty much lights out. Khalil Mack, his return was a raucous one. Uh, he, he had uh, three sacks, four QB hits, forced fumble. Uh, together, he and uh, Joey Bosa put the Raiders offensive lineman on the skates oh, most man, of the day. That's scary. And that really helped the defense register a whopping 22 pressures, six sacks, three interceptions, <laughs> and a game-ending turnover on downs. Man, I don't know. I know. I know. Mahomes can run, but Khalil Mack sounds like he's uh, back to his old ways again, and yes, that does. can be very, very scary. Yes, he does. Uh, now the Chiefs' defense pretty exceptional on the road last week through three quarters before they went into prevent mode up thirty. Uh, but they they looked really good. They have arguably the stronger offensive line, but the Chargers' pass rush group lethal, lethal mm-hmm. as hell. Um, so you know. The question there is, can either defense really slow down the high-powered offenses? And I, I, I think we're going to see uh, kind of a back-and-forth battle there. Well, and going back to you know what you said about Mahomes last year and the Chiefs last year, they didn't start off very, very well. I mean, they started off very well yesterday or uh, Sunday. But, I mean, look, they have a track record of not doing great in the first, you know, few, first half of the season. True. So there is a chance for the – I mean, if Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack, man, I – if he plays I, anything I, I like gotta, he did over the weekend, yeah, yeah. I got to give it. To, I got to give it to the Chargers defense. This, this could be a this could be a defensive battle, regardless of you it know, sounds the quarterbacks like it might be. and the really, offense that they have. Really, when you break it down like yeah. that, it sounds like it might be. Uh, also, or you know, they could be it could be a forty forty tie before you know the game is over. Yeah, it, <laughs> it very well could be. I mean, but the Chargers have real good talent on all three levels. Um, you know, when it comes to you know pressures, sacks, mm-hmm. uh, turnovers, they. Uh, you know, a couple of rough patches here and there, but I think I think you're right. I, I probably would give it to the Chargers over the Chiefs and comes in terms of defense. But that's why we watch. That is why we watch. And don't forget, this will be this game will be on our airwaves starting at six thirty tonight. That is uh on our airwaves here on yes. ESPN. Right. Yeah. Which by the way, uh five one two eight three two one oh two seven. No, I don't think that's the number. Is that not our number? That's not the number. <laughs> it's that's been right. So, we do have so phones. We have phone Hold lines on. at work now, I right? Have... And I've forgotten our phone number. <laughs> I have it. I have it. No, that's uh... a hot... You're, the, the, you're talking about the email that was sent out the other day? Because that's a hotline number. We're not giving that one out. No? No. That's the hotline number. Okay. Well, we'll ask Isaac during the break what yeah, the damn number yeah. is. Anyway, if you want to call in and weigh on this as well, we'll try to remember our phone. Oh, my God. You know, lightning struck. <laughs> have we talked about the lightning that struck? I got nothing. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry uh, about that. Um, anyway, uh, so watch out for injuries tonight, too. Uh, you know, Thursday night games always quick turnarounds. But, 
Uh, Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker, he's ruled out versus the Chargers. Casey also without rookie corner uh, Trent McDuffie. He went down with a strained hamstring week one. So keep that in mind. Also, uh, you know, spreading the ball around when going back to the quarterback thing, just watch watch Mahomes spread the ball around. Yeah. You know, a lot of people wondered how he was going to perform without Tyreek Hill, and the answer was just fine. No problem yeah, whatsoever. It, yeah. They had six players with three or more catches against the Cardinals. I had no doubt that if if Mahomes was going to be Mahomes against the Cardinals. That, look, I know they have a pretty good defense, but no one was stopping him that day. Yeah, yeah. Now, Herbert spread the ball around pretty good as well. You know, they had nine different charges catching passes. But none of them had more than uh, none more than four targets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if the Chiefs can shut down the Chargers back, Austin Eckler as a runner, like the Raiders did, you expect them to be unleashed uh, more as a pass catcher, kind of like he was in the second half of Week One. But with both secondaries at less than 100, percent you know there could be a lot of mouths that are fed through the other's contest for sure. Going to be fun for sure. Regardless, it's going to be fun. Yes, it will. Now keep in mind, Amazon Prime uh, Video. If you're not listening to us. Here, listen to the game here, and you were trying to watch it. Amazon Prime Video is going to air its first Thursday night football game tonight. Kickoff seven fifteen p.m. The pregame show beginning at six. I did see a rumor that potentially the game will also be on the NFL Network. If you don't have Amazon Prime, I could be wrong. I, I have not heard I, that. I, I all I all I've heard is Amazon Prime, and then also in LA and in uh, in okay. Kansas City. That's it. Well, my YouTube TV is has a set recording right. of the game tonight on NFL Network. I don't know if that's post, you know, the actual broadcast or what, but I mean it might keep an eye out. It I don't might. know if I we I I have not seen it's exclusively to Amazon Prime. Well I have actually okay. I okay. have yeah Prime Video I know they're 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 supposed to have fifteen exclusive Thursday night games this season. So All right. They've signed an eleven year deal with the NFL in the offseason. So if you like watching football you get to get but you signed up for Prime. Yeah. Right. Get used to it. Good luck. Uh so Bars and restaurants, though, they've struck a deal with DirecTV. They will be carrying the Thursday night game. So nice. you can still go down to your favorite watering hole, watch it on TV like you always have. Uh, that won't be changing. Uh, Thursday night football game called by your buddy Al Michaels. <laughs> I'll and, have that uh, on mute. Per Curb Street. Actually, I'll be listening to this, the Westwood One broadcast here. I would, too. <laughs> Kaylee Hartung on the uh, on the sidelines. Uh, Prime Video also going to offer a uh, an alternate feed tonight, hosted by Dude Perfect. Those guys are funny. Dude Perfect. Well, at least they used to I don't know who that is. In a while. Uh, and then the pre- and post-game show, uh, also a tailgate show before the game, uh, full of a bunch of people you've never heard of. I thought Richard Sherman and some of the former football players were on that broadcast, too. Well, that's the pre- and post-game show. Okay, the, okay, It'll be uh, uh, Carissa Thompson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Richard Sherman, Tony Gonzalez, Andrew Whitworth, Taylor Rooks, and Michael Smith. That's a hell of a lineup. Yeah, yeah. Dang, also, good for them. Also, uh, Amazon Prime trying to make it, uh, or Amazon trying to get the word out, too, that if you... If you go to any Thursday night football game and you select record Thursday night football or add watch list and record, you can enable recordings, you can fast forward, you can rewind, you can pause and all that stuff. Uh, from the app? From the app, yeah. Okay, it'll go to the download section. Right, right. Gotcha. Uh, so, sounds really neat. Probably, though, we're going to turn out to be the biggest issue here for Amazon Prime is the fact that getting football fans to understand how this works for one. Yeah. But also, there's going to be an issue of delay. Mm-hmm. I think about this. Say, um, you know, a big play, a big deciding play goes down. Oh, Sideline reporters are tweeting it all over the place, right? Right. But our, our Amazon Prime Thursday night feed is 28 seconds behind. And now we're getting all these. 28 seconds? No, no, I'm just saying. Okay, okay. We don't know okay. what the delay is. I would be. assume it would. I mean, they've done this before. They have. So. But, but, you know, I mean, when you work in radio, right? We, yeah. we Like right now, if you're listening to us on 102.7, you're hearing us eight seconds after we've already said what we said. Yes. Right? 
Uh, but then when you tack on our stream, now there's a longer delay on time, so eight seconds plus, mm-hmm. right? More more often than mm-hmm. not. So you got to think it's going to be something like that with this. So you know, game alerts being sent out, tweets being sent out early. Probably one of the more interesting uh, technical developments that we're going to be, you know, finding out how it's all going to work there. I but. just figured people are going to be mad. They're going to have a lot of mad people who won't watch the game because they didn't want to download the app. Well, I don't blame them. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just old school. But I you like. Are, I, I want to sit there and watch on the TV. Man. The new school wanna... is you can watch it on the TV because there are apps on your brand new TVs, but. Not everyone has those smart TVs. Smart TVs. And even some of those smart TVs aren't very smart. That's right. Talk to my parents. That's right. That was bad. Uh, So Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott, excuse (laughs) me. (laughs) Was that a Baston way to say Ezekiel? Uh, Ezekiel. What's your name? (laughs) (laughs) I I was actually, I was combining Ezekiel Elliott into one sound, apparently. Good for you, man. That was good. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he's sounding off on the Cowboys offense. Uh, a little more on uh, Michael Gallup, limited in the practice, kind of where he is. Uh, also, as it was prophesized, a new record. Well, not record, but a new milestone has been reached over in Major League Baseball. Da-da-da! Da-da-da, that and more. On the way, here on the Bullpen. This is the Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon. On 1027 ESPN. Like I said, last year we, we, we've been to a game, uh, you know, without Dak. Coop, he, he got out there, he commanded offense. Uh, he, we got to win. So, I mean, we just got to, you know, take that same approach. Coop, he's been here for a long time, and, and uh, we have a lot of trust, trust and faith in him, and uh, we just got to go out there and figure out to get a win. Ezekiel Elliott there sounding off on uh, the mood of the locker room, Cowboys locker room, with Dak out once again. Once again. Here we go again. I mean, you know, they're trying to make the argument Dak Prescott is not injury prone. It's a very, very hard argument to make the more this happens, you know. It's been, what, three years in a row now? Yeah. yeah. Or at least three out of the last four years. And it just continues to happen. So he's making. I mean, cl- you feel bad for him. He, I, you well, know, injuries sure. I mean, you happen. Don't see him get you hurt. can't help it, you don't see him especially when it's happens on your throwing motion. It's such a fluke injury. You're right. It's a bummer. It is. Uh, of course, the Cowboys are now probably going to. I mean, Cooper is is who they're going to be. Uh, Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be. Do we trust rely? Cooper Rush? I mean, are are you you're, you're somewhat of a Cowboys fan? Yeah. Are you more of a Texans fan? Well, let me put it to you like this. Over okay. the years, I've tried with the Cowboys, okay. but I grew up in a, in a Houston Oilers sure. household. Right. So my are you I, a Warren Moon fan? Huh? Are you a Warren Moon fan? Well, I liked I liked Warren. He yeah. follows me on Twitter. I liked Warren. We follow each other. But as a, as a little boy, I was I was raised from a very young age. You love the Oilers. You hate the Cowboys. Sure. Right. Sure. Uh, Bud Adams packed up one night, moved. Bye bye Oilers. Right. Texans have come along, and they've never really resonated with me in the same way the Oilers did. Mm-hmm. Cowboys, uh, I don't, I don't, I've never hated the Cowboys, but I think it was just because it was always beat into my head when I was a very young boy that the Oilers are your guys, the Cowboys can you know forget about them. So I, I probably would be a bigger fan had I grown up in a different household. Fair enough. I'll put it to you that That's way. fair. That Look, way. I was the same way with uh, Washington and Oregon. Mm. I was raised to hate the Oregon Ducks with every fiber of my being, mm-hmm. and it stuck. For 36 years now. <laughs> I don't blame you. Though. As I as I root for Justin Herbert tonight to to beat the Chiefs. 
Are you? I don't. We didn't get to that. Are you picking the Chiefs? Or are you picking the Chargers? We, you said you like that the Chargers I defense think, better, but I mean, is it is it's in Kansas City, correct? Yeah, they're there. It, it's pro, I I I believe the Chiefs are going to win, but I'm going to root for the, oh, Chargers, gotcha. okay. the Chargers. All right, yeah, all right, cool, cool, got you there. So Ezekiel Elliott, I did it again there. Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, making it clear. He's called Zeke. Zeke. Is making more, making it clear. He needs more carries as the Cowboys are taking on the Bengals in Week Two. Right, he wants more carries. He's mm-hmm. campaigned for a, a a strong emphasis on the rushing attack as the team's attempting to get their first win. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, he he was asked if there's if a specific number of carries. You know that that there need to be. He know, only had what 10, 10 carries. Yeah, he had he had ten in the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he had this to say. I don't know the number of carries, uh, but uh, you know, I think I think we definitely have to commit to running it. Take to say ten is not enough. No, no, yeah, enough. There you go. So ten's not enough. Ten isn't enough. Yeah. If you want, I, I mean, a decent night is around twenty. Now he was fairly effective when he did carry the ball. He averaged five point two yards a carry. I'm just curious why they stopped going to him. I guess because they kept falling. Well, I guess no. It was a close game most of the game. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really rely very heavily on him. No. Uh, but they're going to need to get creative with Dak out. Right, I think I saw more Pollard coming out of the uh, backfield getting passes. Yeah, than Zeke did. I mean, he only got ten carries. It's crazy. He only got ten carries, fifty-two yards, five point two yards per carry. Yeah. Uh, so you know, Elliott admitted, you know, the team would be wise to lean on its run game to help ease the burden placed on the backdrop uh, or the backup backdrop, backup quarterback Cooper Rush. Essentially, same the thing. The backdrop quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, he, I, I, I think he's. I don't think he's wrong. We don't really know anything about Cooper Rush, though. You know, what I mean, this guy could be the next Tom Brady for all we know. Probably not. Do I mean, we? Well, do we think that? No, I'm just saying we don't know much about him. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's been there a long time. We've, we've seen him enough to know that there's a reason why he's never the starter. I know. I was just trying to look for the silver lining here. <sighs> Come on, man. <laughs> so, how are spirits? You know, uh, among Dak, Dak Prescott himself. You know, how how's he feeling? Uh, I haven't talked to him yet today. Uh, I went, went went and saw him yesterday, and uh, I mean. Just hopeful, uh, you know, just just looking forward to, to his, his road to recovery and, uh, you know, just trying to get him back as, you know, as safe, but but as soon as possible. Hey. Right. So he's, yeah. you know, what, probably going to be, I don't know, what, early October before we see him. If that. If that. Yeah. If that. Yeah. So, Maybe late uh, October. So, you know, you got to stay balanced. Mike McCarthy, that's going to be a challenge for him, trying yeah. to to stay balanced with a backup quarterback. I mean, it really flows into your game planning because the end of the day, you know, when we conclude the evaluation process on Mondays, we dive right into the next opponent immediately. And, you know, and it's like, what, you know, what do we need to do to win? And, and regardless of, you know, who's playing quarterback. So we all understand, you know, that's our responsibility. We all understand the strengths and weaknesses and really the direction we want to go, offense, defense, and special teams. So to, to me, it really, it's really part of the game plan process. So um, that's why we sit in on Monday nights and Tuesdays and, you know, make sure it's clean. And, yeah, so as far as Cooper Rush, you know, we don't feel like there's really any limitations on, on what we want to do. I mean, he's he's as rehearsed in this offense as anybody. You know, him, him and Kellen, they go back, you know, to prior to when I, when I got here. So and that's really the way we go about it. And it's no different with the left guard, the left tackle. You know, that, that's all part of the game plan process. Now, he, he mentioned Kellen Moore, and you earlier kind of asked, you know, why didn't they use Zeke Moore? Mm-hmm. And Kellen Moore actually, uh, he you know he praised the rushing attack against Tampa Bay, and he hinted that quote game situations prevented Dallas from utilizing Elliott and Pollard more. Were we watching the same game? No, he said two running backs. Should, uh, I mean, they, they, they. He said I really like the run game. I thought Zeke ran hard. Tony ran well. I thought we came off the ball really well. I think we had eleven five uh, five plus yards. 
Um, but he says we got to keep the game situations in the right place so we can give those guys more opportunities. So, you know, take that That's, for whatever I, it means. I didn't mm, – I really want to like Kellen more, but I don't know how he's justified keeping his job this long. I mean, honestly, what what have the Cowboys shown for him to maintain this position when there's probably someone else who's probably a little bit more uh, creative? Yeah. Because Cowboys, the one thing I've noticed with this offense is they're not very creative. They don't move around a lot. They're basically just like show up and, and run the play and do it again, you know, and move on. Yeah. I, I, I don't really see a lot of movement going on with them. And I, 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 I just don't know what Kellen Moore has shown to be able to to, to keep his job at this point because yeah how, I don't, with with that kind of average how do you abandon the run game mm. when it's that close of a game and it's it's Zeke has proven to be able to run against these guys I just it didn't make I I don't get it maybe he's got compromising photos of Jerry Jones <laughs> maybe that's what it is I'd like to see those photos just to, just to know what, what he's holding over I, Jerry. I do not want to see. I'll take your word for it. Uh, you will, yeah, I'll <laughs> confirm it. For Thank you. you. Uh, Cowboys uh, receiver Michael Gallup, limited in all three practice last week. He's working his way back from an ACL that he tore in January. Uh, Coach Mike McCarthy. That's, not, that's pretty good. Do what? If he can come back before from a an year. ACL yeah, tear? From an ACL tear? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad they're taking it slow with him, but, man, if they can come back, if he can come back, that's that's huge. Uh, and, and Coach Mike McCarthy said uh, before yesterday's practice, he hoped to get Gallup working uh, what, what he's calling uh, some group stuff. Yeah, Michael did team. He actually did uh, seven on seven. So uh, it was, we're going to really this will be his first day in pads. So we're going to try to give him a little more today. Did a nice job. Look good. Yeah, he says he's doing it's well. Encouraging. He says he's doing well. Hopefully, we'll integrate him into a little more practice. Maybe go from individual uh, and do some group stuff, as he said there. Uh, Gallup uh, underwent surgery in February. It's, he, he didn't, he didn't wow. actually do it until February because yeah. he had swelling. Uh, so he didn't play the season opener, obviously. He'll likely need at least one more week to ramp up before he gets back on the field. Uh, but Took Cal- him seven months to get back on the field. Yeah. How crazy yeah. is that? Well, money money and, and trainers will do it for I him. Know. They kept him on the 53-man roster to start the season because they do expect him to return the lineup within you know, four weeks or so. Wow. So, so good for him. Coming back from an ACL tear, you get off the pup list before you, the season starts. Right. Is, that is a feat. I know. Good for him. And good for him. Indeed. I hope it, I hope he stays healthy. Yes, indeed. Uh, do you remember the preseason? Those goofy guardian caps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so data. old school leather helmets looking things. Right. Uh, so the, the the league required offensive linemen, defensive linemen, tight ends, linebackers all to wear these guardian caps during practice. Of course, this was uh, they were testing out to, to kind of protect the players from concussions. Mm-hmm. So data is out this week uh, and. It shows concussions dropped 50% for league players using the Guardian Caps in comparison to the average from the past three years, which is 23 concussions. This year, 11 players who used Guardian Caps did get concussions, but six of them occurred because of contact with the face mask. Was that during practice? Yeah. Did they get concussions? Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, And uh, the Guardian Cap obviously doesn't cover the face mask. Yeah. Right. Uh, But the cap mandate ended after the second preseason games. Data released acknowledged that about 200 players did continue to wear them in practices after, the, after that date. Uh, NFL, NFL Players Association, they're going to be reviewing all the feedback they've gotten from uh, the players, equipment managers, coaches, and then they're going to decide the future of these caps for next season. Hasn't been an official decision uh, made for their use. But various players and coaches uh, have expressed some concerns with caps. Others, though, say they're, they're pretty much in favor of them. I don't see the concern. I, like, I'll say the same thing we, when we talked about this last time. I don't see a concern with these. What's, what's the issue? I, yeah, I don't really <laughs> see a big... I mean, look, you're not trying to be sexy in practice. Be safe. Stay on the field. 
maintain your health by using those things. It, and there's no what's the I don't I don't understand that there being a downside to Speak it. Speak for yourself. I'm trying to be sexy wherever I go. Practice you don't want that leather-looking bump on your head? No, no. <laughs> you know, if I weren't a married man, it would be a real problem. But no. I guess since I am, it's not that big a she deal. Don't, she won't care. You're in the NFL at this point. She's not going to care at all. She understands. <laughs> she, she just likes that paycheck, right? I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> who wouldn't? <laughs> From football to football, oh. as Austin FC's two-year turnaround has reached an historic high note, they're now the second Western Conference team to book an Audi 22 MLS Cup uh, playoff spot. Love it. In only the second year of their history. Mm-hmm. First ever playoff ticket following last night's 3-0 win over Real Salt Lake. So they join LAFC in Montreal, Philadelphia Union, and the New York Red Bull. That's five of 14 teams that'll, that'll uh, play postseason soccer come mid-October. You're going to love it. This is pretty great. It's going to be fun. You know, a year ago, head coach Josh Wolf and his team, they finished 12th in the West as an expansion club. They were 17 points off the playoff pace. Now they're in second place through week 31. They could double their 31-point haul from last year. Um, so Easily. Yeah. Uh, they've got 63 goals scored for the year, second most in the league. Um, and uh, they're, they're just doing great things there at Q2 Stadium. And, and that, that was great, too, because they got to do it at Q2 Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of pictures night, you know? from that last night. The yeah. crowd was going crazy. And, and how could you not? It, it just had to have been a, a raucous environment. So MLS Cup set for November 5th. Playoffs will get underway October 15th with round one games. Uh, timeline is taking into consideration FIFA World Cup starting uh, November 20th. Uh, rather than uh, during the event. So weird. That's so weird. Soccer's got a real weird schedule thing. We get to watch it over the holidays. And it's going to be hot where they are. This is going to be weird. That's right. That's right. Uh, Still to come here in the bullpen, we're going to head over to the ballpark with uh, some cool news out of here. A little playoff uh, bracket standings, pictures uh, kind of taking shape. Also, the longest-lasting battery in baseball. Uh, Not the sexiest record set, but a very, I don't know, a great record has been set in St. Louis uh, between a uh, pitcher-catcher battery. That and more on the way here in the bullpen. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the Bullpen on this Thursday afternoon. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. 512-834-1027 that is, is the number. the correct number. That is the correct number. We have the same damn number as last time. You'll have to forgive us. Uh, uh, it, it, the last time we took phone calls, we were able to take phone calls. It was pre-lightning strike. We were in a completely different studio. Though. I don't know if you remember. We did get struck by lightning. I didn't remember that. There's a lot of stories what going around happened? about wait, about wait, 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 about the lightning strike, all right, and it happened. Okay, well, it happened. Get over it, dude. Why do you keep bringing it up? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> because I almost died. All but right, that, but that I was is- in. I was I was there. I was in on the front lines. I was ground zero. You shell shocked? Right. Yeah. Mm. I'm still tingling. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm fine. It's it's a dangerous business we've chosen. You know. You know, you'd think there was protection, and I think there was, but it still found its way through. Yeah. It's crazy. Deep sea, yeah, deep sea oil rig guys. I should stop talking about that because I have all the respect guys. in the world for Chuck and Brian and, and all those guys. And we all, we all, we similar, similar danger as cops Why are that, we that we about face. Cops right now. Where did that come from? I'm talking about is it the dangers that we face behind microphones. You know, bending over to pick up papers and possibly straining our backs. Vocal cords? Come on, dude. It's a dangerous You job. forget the listeners that show up here very upset with some of us yeah, and, and right. bring things that they shouldn't be. And, Luckily, and we don't have to dodge bullets. Thankfully, we have uh, Tommy and... Oh, I forget the new guy's name. Chris. 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 Okay. Yeah. 
Chris and Tommy. Good dude, by the yes. way. Yes. Yeah, Good he's, dude. Seems like it. So, uh, no forever in baseball stats, right? I mean, every record, uh, every record, as the saying goes, is made to be broken. Yeah. Game keeps on moving. Life goes on. People progress. The game progresses. It evolves. Players fade. Trends evolve. But the sport always finds a way to get had, better, like, a right? Chime right there. <laughs> so you know, balance of power. You, you you'll see it from time to time. Shift toward pitching. Inevitably, it shifts back toward hitting. Uh, plenty of records that'll stand for decades, but it's a folly to kind of say forever. Unless I think, unless you're talking about DiMaggio's 56 game hit streak. Which I would argue is never going to be broken ever, ever, ever. That's or Cal Ripken that will stand streak. That too, probably. Yeah. Was that two two thousand one hundred fifty four games? Uh, I believe that is the number. Uh, I think so. It, it, it's somewhere around that. that was very somewhere in that uh, in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around that Camden Yards. Uh, but but uh, what feels all but impossible is to imagine a future version of baseball where any pitcher and catcher are going to do what Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. Longtime Cardinals teammates making their 325th start together as a pitcher-catcher battery. And in doing so, they, went, they won 4-1 over the Brew Crew as well. But they broke the record. This, this is a record that stood for nearly 50 years. It was set by Nikki, Mickey Lolish and Bill Freehan of the Tigers from 1963 to 1975. And nobody else really even came close in the decades after that. So it kind of begs the question, is anybody going to, you know, is any pitcher-catcher duo going to have this many starts again? I hope not. Because it couldn't happen to two better players, two is, better people. Absolutely right. And this is not a sexy. This is one of those stats. Yeah, it's not a sexy stat, right? Yeah. But it takes a ton of talent, and it, t- it takes a ton of the the stars aligning, right? You don't last until age forty and forty one, like Molina and Wainwright. Mm-hmm. You know, without the, uh, uh, some sort of cohesive chemistry, especially as a catcher and a pitcher. Right. So you need a two most daunting positions in baseball. Right. So you need a confluence of health and luck and timing. Right, this is an era of player movement. Right, and talent. You got to stay on the same team. Mm-hmm. Right, which is, is hard to do nowadays. Uh, you, you know, you've got to mesh not just professionally but personally. You've got to be able to jive with one another. Trust, and this, and this is exactly what Wainwright, Wainwright and Molina have done over the course of their career. Absolutely, no doubt about it. No and they've been it. so successful mm-hmm. every single freaking year. Like, yep, man, yep. And uh, Wainwright. Looked again great again last night. He had 98 pitches over five innings, not his longest start. You know, he averaged about 6.1 innings and 99 pitches a start. That's pretty good for a 40 year old. It's damn, he's 41. 41. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the fifth inning, uh, it was the only one where he didn't allow a base runner. Quick work in the middle order he made. But this is, I, this is just one of those things. We, I don't think we're going to see this record matched, certainly not anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And most people, if you're not really a baseball guy, you're like, well, who cares? But. If you follow baseball, if you love the game, if you love the the strategy that comes just between the pitcher and catcher, right? Then I, I think you probably will appreciate three hundred and twenty-five games. That's when crazy. The battery. Good for them. I love it. Good and fact check alert: two thousand six hundred and thirty-two games. See, I completely undercut it. How dare I? So sorry, Cal Ripken. Somebody get Cal on the phone, please. Eight three four one zero two seven. Tell him I don't want to talk to Billy. I want to it, talk to Cal. Yeah. All right. No. Forget about Bill's Billy. busy on on MLB. Yeah, Bill's got his own now. thing. Uh, also, last night in the ballpark. And he cranks it to left field. And there is career home run number 100 for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to give the Blue Jays an early lead. And it's been a while for Vladdy, Buck. That's got to feel pretty good. 67 plate appearances without a home run until that swing. And what a swing it was. Yes, indeed. It was prophesized by uh, interim manager John Schneider that Vladdy would 
reach this 100 home run mark, and he has certainly done it. Can I tell you a secret? Mm-hmm. A long time ago, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. used to be in the Mariners organization, and they traded him away. And I, it just burns deep into my soul. Was this NPR over here with this every, energy level all of a sudden? Every single time he does something well, because I wish he was with the Mariners. <laughs> okay. That's all. But good for him. 100 home runs. What's this, a third year in the league? You know what? I, I need I need one of your teams to win something. Hey. Something. Just, hey. So, just so you can you can pull yourself out Listen. of this constant muck you mire yourself in over, over your Seattle teams. Ah, look, I'm woe, feeling good, woe man. Is, woe is my, my Seattle team. Look, that's all I've had to deal oh, with for my— Oh, we had Vladdy Jr. No, we don't have him anymore. They also had David Ortiz. You want to talk <laughs> about that, too? Hey, guess where he went? Yeah, I know. That's you know. why I'm— Passionately talking to you about went over, this. Went over to Fenway Park. Look, Mariners are making the playoffs this year. The Mariners so. are absolutely. And guess and who's I, not? I'm, I'm very excited. Last the, time. the Red Sox. The Red, Red Sox, Sox are not. not they are not. Uh, the, but the this was a this was a, a good moment for Vladdy Jr. Um, he's been slumping a lot lately. Yeah. So uh, this is coming at a good time for him. You know. And you said the the coach predicted this was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. He outlined the prophecy. He said. Uh, before the game, he says, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're going to see him hit 100 tonight. That's awesome. And he did. That's awesome. And prior to the game, he just had one home run in 25 games. He was That's batting, batting 220 in uh, 13 games to begin the month. Of course, he's a two-time All-Star. Real rough patch. Resembles some of the rookie issues he had back in 2016. But the difference now, he's, he's got experience. He'll be fine. And they've been, they've been catching him a lot kind of down in the bottom of the zone, down and away. Yeah, he's been, he's been biting too too many of those those pitches. Look, but that's exactly where he hit. Did you see this home run last night? I didn't. Thirty eight degree launch angle. That's pretty this good. This thing was almost straight up, and it just kept going. I uh, don't know. I could do that. So we got a piece of it pretty much in one of his weakest his weakest uh, zones, hitting zones over the plate. Maybe that means that uh, he's on his way out of that slump. Possibly. Let's Hopefully. hope so. Jays are eighty one and sixty two, sole possession of the American League wild card spot, uh, and something cool here. He said uh, he's giving the ball to his old man. Nice. The great Vladimir Guerrero. Yes. Uh, who uh, hit home run. He hit his, his 100th home run in 438 games, whereas his, his kid did it in 486 games. But he also did it when he was 25. Vladdy Jr. did it at 23. Hard to believe that there's a better Vladdy Guerrero out there. Yeah. Because he's going to be so much better than his dad ever was. And... His dad was really good. His dad was great. Yeah. His I still was, remember him on the Expos. I was just about to say that. My I, God. I remember him with that horrible Expos uniform. I think he was teammates with Randy Johnson at one point, too. Good Lord. He might have been. I don't oh remember. Oh, my God. Marquise Grissom. By the way. They played up there together. Montreal deserves a team back. I miss the They Expos. supported the crap out of that team. It was I all politics why they left. Of course, they... The, and they went to Washington. The Expos went on to win the World Series. Yeah. Just not in Montreal or Canada for that. Pedro time. Martinez on that team. Mm-hmm. So many stars on that team. You know the Washington Senators, right? But mm-hmm. long, long years ago. Yeah. You know, you know who they became? No. Texas Rangers. Okay. And do you know who the Texas Rangers' first manager was? Who? Ted Williams. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I yeah. can do that too. Yeah. Do you want to know uh, where the um, Milwaukee Brewers were once? Uh, where where the where the Milwaukee Brewers were? Yeah. Who the Milwaukee Brewers were before they were the Milwaukee Brewers? Uh, don't. Uh, I, I feel like I should know this. You Ooh. should because it's 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 part of my it's part of my region. Well, cough it up, man. Seattle Pilots, the Pilots, the Pilots. You know uh, who the owner is? Was uh, Dave Niehaus? No, it was uh, the former commissioner. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Bud Selig. Oh, Selig. Was that that was the 
former the commissioner, previous, right? The, the, yeah, the before, most, the before, most Manfred. before Manfred. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That was his team. Hey, let's head over to the phones real quick. We have a phone call. Yeah, we what? Have, we've not had a phone call since pre-lightning. Oh, I'm days. nervous. Northside Dave ah. joins us here on the bullpen, and good afternoon to you, my friend. Let me hear that voice. Hey, 3PR, what's <laughs> up? So good to hear from you again. Man, I missed you guys. I was having withdrawals, man. Yeah. You and me both. Don't do that to me, man. Jeez. Look, blame guys, blame hey, Mother I Earth. I can call I can vent my frustrations and everything, so don't go, man. <laughs> hey, uh, We won't get struck I by lightning again, I promise. Okay, good. You only want... Hey, check the listings. Yeah, the NFL Network is not carrying the game. Play. I don't think so. They're rebroadcasting... Uh, the Denver Broncos uh, uh, Seattle game. Oh, maybe that's so why my DVR wanted to record yeah. that. So, hey, speaking of Bud Selig, uh, you know how old I am. You know, me and Ed are both 49. Uh, I worked for Bud Selig at his Ford dealership back when he was in the midst of uh, all that. You know, so I, I, I'm with Mr. Selig. He's a, yeah, let's just say, uh, yeah, okay. But anyway, my favorite player back then was Skip Lock. Skip Lockwood? Yeah, he was, the I think, the first baseman for the Seattle Pilots when they came to the Brewers. So. Look, I wasn't born during that time. You can't <laughs> you can't expect me to know any of those players. They were here for one year. So <laughs> I think I know more about the Rainiers from the PCL League in that same year. Um, okay, guys, but cool, man. That, that, hey, that's that's that. awesome. Look, I've stood at home plate because it's, uh, it's now a Lowe's where the old Six Stadium used to be. So... <laughs> Hey Dave, before uh, before we let you go, you're you're a sure. you're a Miami Hurricane, right? Uh, Is that, yeah, I mean, uh, I've had, uh, yeah, I've been some uh, other fellow uh, uh, um, athletes and uh, our that their kids played at Miami. So I don't know. I don't know. I, was, I, mean, I don't know what's gonna. It's gonna be a very interesting game. I just like to see how A and M. Like I said, I watched that A and M game on Saturday. After watching, you know, the Longhorns, I'm like, wow, what the heck happened? You know, I'm like, yeah, so it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, for the most part, yeah, I, I would like to see the Hurricanes whoop up on a and because it, it, they, I think uh, at this point, uh, uh, yeah, it's it put up or shut up time for Jimbo. For Jimbo, absolutely. Uh-oh. Couldn't agree more Uh-oh. with you on that one. Hey, we appreciate you weighing in. To, and give us a call anytime, Dave. It's good to talk to you. I will. You guys All have a great show. Take, Take care. Yeah. More side so day. There we go. Finally got ourselves another we call We are officially back. back. We're, we're back in action. Back yes. in commission here on the bullpen. 834-1027 is the number here. We got a little more baseball talk, a little Longhorn talk coming up. Maybe, if we can get to it, a little NHL talk. That's a, we, we've not gone to the ice since we've been in the bullpen. Well, it's starting soon. We so may we'll do have that. to talk about soon. 512-834-1027 is the number here in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Oh, we got him. Little Tiante in the home of Tiante. <laughs> wow. Improv theater here at Fenway Park. This is a new one here. Dipsy Doodle. Did you? All right, so the Dipsy Doodle. I had to play that because did the you see this? Dipsy Doodle. Yeah. I, 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 That's a real word. Unless you watched the Yankees, uh, the Yankees Red Sox game last night, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But if you've watched any Yankees ball at all this season, you probably at one point in time have seen uh, Nestor Cortez, his incredible 70s porn stash, <laughs> and. This these these goofy windups he does in the bullpen. I mean on the on the mound. Mm-hmm. So he comes out last night and uh he's against Raphael Devers. 
And in case you didn't know, Rafael Devers is a damn good hitter. Very good hitter. Great third baseman. Yep. Uh, you know, Warren Spahn once said, hitting his timing, right? Pitching is upsetting time. Quite the shocking. Spawn would probably appreciate what he did last night. So basically, Nestor Cortez in that moment, he begins his windup, the leg kick, and then he pauses the leg kick and sort of just starts rocking his body back and forth with his leg still half up in the air, kicks the leg up all the way, pitches it down and low. Uh, Devers strikes out. How long until... Uh, <laughs> Two-two in- count, and Devers couldn't do it. He, he was outmatched by the... By the uh, what did he call it? The the, the dippy the dipsy the dip, dips, dipsy dipsy do doodle dipsy doodle dipsy doodle. How long until you think Manfred bans this? Well, uh, the, the, this seems like this is too too much of a good strategy to keep for for Manfred to allow to to, to stay. The more fun that they have with it, the more the, fun guys like Nestor Nestor Cortez have. The more annoyed the, the quicker will get. The quicker Manfred's going to be to to ban. Because it. again, that's not doing anything wrong. No. A lot of a, a lot of pitchers adopt that strategy even later on in their career. To, yeah, to slow their windup and, and throw off the hitter. How is it any different than a pitcher who may deliver from, say, you know, just back of, of 90 degrees, now coming from almost the side, mm-hmm. changing only their arm delivery, right? But to, but to throw off the hitter, how is that any different? But you know Rob Manford's probably looking at it going, I don't it's know. Like, this seems like they're having too much fun with this. This is not good. Johnny Cueto is the only one who should be allowed to do this. Johnny because he was the one who started. He's yeah. still doing it, man. Yeah, he's in Chicago, still doing the dipsy doodle squared. I liked it. I liked it. I like this no It's guy. hilarious. I, I, you I, see I, him do it in the All Star game. Remember that? Like he went, he went for it in the All Star game. He did. And and uh, <laughs> last year he actually had uh, Shohei Otani almost in a gut laugh. He did it to him. That's, yes, I um, saw that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> even the ump had to stop. Me. All right, no, 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 no. Right. Start over. Can't do that. Yankees went on to beat my Red Sox 5-3 last night. Oh. They can, you know. Such a shame. Whatever. Uh, over to uh, the college gridiron now, where NIL back in the news. U.S. Senator, Missouri Senator Roger Wicker is reintroducing a bill and cur- curtailing the impact that the, the NIL has had on that's, recruiting. That sounds like a, uh, a lawmaker. He's uh, one of the most senior Republicans on Capitol Hill, also the ranking member of the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. I'm Roger Wicker. And in a, a new piece of legislation, which is real similar to one he, he introduced back in 2020, he's presenting a framework for NIL compensation that he said would, quote, preserve amateurism in college sports. This marks at least the eighth piece of NIL legislation to be introduced in D.C. and the first since former Auburn coach Tommy Tuberville became a senator and, and announced plans in early August to draft a bill. So most importantly, the bill is going to prohibit former student-athletes from retroactively suing over NIL, right? Okay, that's fair. Uh, the legislation also states athletes won't be considered employees. This is a main piece of the argument against, uh, uh, or that uh, Republicans and Democrats have had against this NIL legislation. Uh, in his proposal, Wicker also calls for an office of sport to be established within the Federal Trade Commission, and from there the office would enforce laws put forward by the Missouri senator. The U.S. Controller General also would be required to submit a report to Congress regarding the safety, education, and safety of athletes. The main priority, though, it says, is to protect student-athletes and their families from deceptive business practices or exploitation by unscrupulous actors. And I don't know. I mean, I, to, to some degree, that makes sense, right? I mean, the NIL, NIL deals really are being – they are enticing recruiting tools now, you know, and, and – uh, powerful alumni networks, you know, raising and funneling money into recruits, you know, through yeah. collectives. Yeah, this is uh, it's it's really the wild wild west at the moment. There is no really real is. regulation, major regulation for this. It was just kind of passed, and they all said good luck and 
Go make some money out there, guys. Yeah. Good luck. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I I agree. I think there should be some sort of regulations within the boundaries of of the NIL because yeah, you don't want someone to get screwed. You, you know, the, a player and his family get screwed out of some sure. deal and, sure. and lose a ton of money or lose their house or you know any of their valuable possessions. But I just don't want the government to be fully involved in this. I I I, I think it's good that they pass some laws. But it, there shouldn't be a government building or or wing for NIL. It should be it should be NCAA, and that's it. Keep the, the government out of this. The Office of Sport is what they would call it. Yeah, and that's 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 just another word for saying we're in charge. Uh, you know, and as far as I'm concerned, it, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's NIL, whether it's marriage, whether it's anything under the sun. When you say keep the government out of it, I say okay, I completely agree. Okay, yes. everything everything it touches turns from. Gold to tarnish brass, and probably the NIL is just going to become a muddled mess, more so than it already is. Certainly, I think we need some kind of general framework for everybody to work on. Yeah, but you get too many senators up there promoting or proposing these changes, and you know, doing it the quote unquote law way. Yeah, I just you know, I I want it to be fair for all the athletes. I think all the athletes deserve some money, whether they make it on the field for a, a minute or. You know, for an entire four-year career, I know a lot of those guys will be making more money, and they are making more money. But some of these kids deserve the money too that they're not getting, and there just there needs to be a fair way to get that to happen because right now it's just too much. You know, for the the which is fair because you know these guys are make you know the top players are making money right for themselves and for the school, sure. and these other kids aren't. You know, the non-sexy. Third team player that you know is goes to way- Eastern Washington University. I mean, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. Look, that that that's all. You're, I, right, I, I, You're right. It needs to be fair for everyone. I know it's going to you know be leaning towards the top players, which it should. But everybody, you know, everybody's working their butt off, whether you see it or not on yeah. on these teams. So they all deserve a little something. And I still have my reservations about NIL. I don't know if that'll ever change, but it is here to stay. And yeah. so since that is the case, you're right. It, it needs to be it needs to be fairly spread. Especially know, when the government is wanting to get involved, you know it's here to stay. Because right. they wouldn't if they didn't take this seriously. That's right. Uh, I don't know if we brought that up, but uh, just a real quick note as we're up against the clock here. The Texas-Alabama game from this past Saturday was the most streamed football broadcast Ever. That's awesome. Right? That's so cool. Uh for good reason. This was a this was a big, big deal for multiple reasons. So much so, of course, you know, ESPN, Fox, they sent their game day shows here to the 40 Acres. Mm-hmm. Uh despite the belief this was going to be a blowout, uh, it still grew drew interest just from name brand recognition alone. And it obviously, as we all know, it turned out to be a slugfest. Uh, but the matchup between Texas and Alabama, not just Fox Sports most streamed college game ever. It was the most streamed football game ever. College, <laughs> NFL. Doesn't matter. That's the most streamed football game ever. That shows you Texas is still, uh, you know, a, a team to be watched. Yep. People still want to watch this team, regardless of who, you know, where they're ranked or, or whatever or what the record is. It's still Texas. That's right. So people and, are still going to watch when they're on. And then over on the Alabama side, I was looking here. Uh, Alabama had 58 players in the NFL in week one, 58 players that came out of Alabama. We're, uh, we're, we're suited up and playing in the NFL for week one. They still can't get a decent quarterback out there. That's right. <laughs>
Uh, and that's about going to do it for us. Uh, one last bit of note here. Uh, Greg Norman says, live golf circuit. No interest in a truce with PGA Tour. You didn't hear this yesterday, but at, well, maybe you've heard this. Apple TV just kind of plays into that. Apple TV is now the first streaming service to shoot down golf. Oh, really? Because they say it's too toxic. Oh, what? Yeah. Toxic? Yeah. Well, and when you look at these constant whining, yeah, you know, back and forth from guys like Norman or Rory McIlroy yeah. or the others. Greg Norman certainly didn't help by I don't saying that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. So maybe you'll find some luck in Hulu or something. Who knows? Anyway, that's going to do Hulu it for us. Hulu plays live sports. That's right. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow on the bullpen. See ya.